The reading this morning is taken from John, starting at chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Amen. So I thought I would try and make it easy for you to follow what I was saying. Sometimes when people are preaching, they like to have um, points that begin with the same letter to make it easy. I thought, oh, do E for Easter. Because that's really easy. However, very quickly, I found a problem because I was getting into words like ecclesiology, election, epiclesis, or ersatz, and that's not easy. They are not easy words. And so I thought that was silly. So instead, what I'm going to do is have my points, and you'll find that the first letter of each word will make something else related to Easter. It's not that easy, though. I've mixed them up. And having thought about it for a while, I did actually find an E for each of them. But it was too late because I'd already done the other one, but then it didn't make sense. However, the first word is eschatology. We'll start with the easy ones, you see. Who knows what eschatology is about? And there, well, the theologian at the back. Right? She'll tell me if I get it right in a minute. <laughs> it's about the end of things. It's about the last days, about Jesus coming back um, to take us um, into a new heaven and a new earth. And it's pivotal around Easter. Because up until Easter, well, things were just going along. But when Jesus came, things changed. He made such a difference in the world and in life. He came into human time and he said, the kingdom of God is here. That's an easy thing to say, but what does it actually mean? Well, I could have found a lovely drawing online, but since as how we're streaming, I wasn't allowed to use it, so I've just hand-drawn one, John, hopefully that's there. Right, okay. That's about the extent of the brilliance of my drawing. Right? So, along the top... You see, the kingdom of God, because that's always existed. John's gospel has been working through it. starts with, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The kingdom of God has always existed. And then God created things, and you get the bottom line, which is the kingdom of the world, the world that we live in today. The created thing. And in the world that we live in today, we have the devil. And the devil causes people to do things and to say things and to think things that, that are wrong, that don't honor God. And the Bible calls that sin. And so we have the kingdom of the world going and they are two separate things. 
quite distinct until we get to Christmas when Jesus was born into this world. And at that point, the kingdom of God met the kingdom of the world. And during his ministry, he proclaimed, the kingdom is here because the kingdom of God had come into the kingdom of the world. And so there will come a time when human history ends because Jesus will come back and everything will change. And we'll be back to what we were meant to be in the beginning in the garden when human beings were created to be with God and to have relationship with God. And there was nothing between us. And we go back simply to the kingdom of God. But between now and then, we are in this period that people call now but not yet. On Thursday night, when we were at Polworth, we had a meal together. And part of that meal was readings of the gospel. And there was a story. And Peter said, I don't understand this kingdom thing. I don't get it. And Jesus said, well, tell us what you've seen. And they went round to different disciples. What have you seen? And they recounted stories of what Jesus had done. People he'd healed, the feeding of the 5,000, the miracles that they'd seen and done. And Jesus says, well, that's the kingdom. That's it, right in front of your eyes. The kingdom is here now. But we don't see that every day. It's here, but it's not yet. It's not fulfilled yet. And so one of our prayers should be that we see more and more of God's kingdom at work in our lives and the reality that we experience. So that's eschatology. Then we have excitement. Why do we have excitement at Easter time? Well, because the Jesus who healed the sick, cast out demons, fed 5,000 people, raised the dead, said that actually we would be able to do greater things than him. And you think, hang on a minute, that's really stupid. How does that work? Because I am not God, much as I like to think I am sometimes. None of us are God, so how can we do even the same things that Jesus did? Well, the power that raised Jesus from the dead at Easter is the same power, we are told, that God gives to us to live for him and to follow him. That same power that raised Jesus is available to you and me. I think that's exciting. I think it's exciting to be called a child of God. So we have eschatology and we have excitement and then we have love. And the E that I kind of imagined for that was eros. John 3.16, we read a few months ago as we worked through John. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. And then again, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, we, we, we didn't even deserve it. There was nothing in us that made it acceptable to God. But because he loved us, regardless, he sent Jesus and Christ died for us. That's great. You can kind of know that in your head. The Bible says, oh, that's super. We understand God shows his love. 
but he also wants us to experience that love. It's not just to be a head thing. Romans 5, 5, hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When we have faith in Jesus, God gives us his Holy Spirit and we experience the love of God. Once, a number of years ago, we were at clan gathering and uh, the music was going and people were up and they were, oh, da 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 and they were dancing and swaying and singing. And I thought, everybody looks really happy. I thought, I want some of that. I want, they look, I want some of that. And I prayed, Lord, give me some of that. Nothing happened. And so the music stopped and the preacher got up and he began to preach. And at the end, he said, do you know, I think there were some people sitting here tonight, you were looking at everybody else singing and praising and you said, I want some of that. And if that's you, come out to the front and we'll pray for you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I went out to the front because that was exactly for me. There were other things as well. So there were loads of people in the, in the prayer team at the front. And there were loads of people coming forward for prayer for that and for other things. And this young guy, about 20 or thereabouts, he looked, came up and said, Hello, I'll pray for you. Okay. What, what would you like prayer for? And I said, well, I was one of those ones that was saying, I want some of that. And he said, oh, right. So he just said, I'm, I'm just going to be quiet for a minute. And then I'll pray. So I'm standing there in front of all these. And he said, David, God just wants to say that he loves you. And in my head, I'm going, eh? I know that. I've gone to church all my life. I know that God loves me. What are you talking about? And he said, God just wants to say that he loves you. And he stood for a wee bit. And he said, will you just tell God that you love him? And I couldn't even get the words out. As soon as I started to speak, I, I just, I, I mean, I was weeping. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm a man and I'm Scottish and I don't do this. Right? In front of all of these people, why are you making me do it? And I, I mean, I just, I was weeping because for the first time, maybe, it went from here to here. I'd known all my life that God loved me in my head. But God doesn't just want us to know it in our head. God wants us to experience it as a reality in our lives. And then he wants us to put it into practice because in John 15, 12, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. He demonstrates it. He wants us to experience it and then he wants us to live it out because we've experienced it. So we've got eschatology, excitement, love, and then imitation, which was my ersatz. Ersatz is a word for, for a poor quality imitation. Just in case you didn't know what that was, I had to look it up. Poor quality imitation. And sometimes that's what we feel like. We think we could be better Christians. We should be better Christians. 
Romans 8, 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You know, you and I are meant to be more and more like Jesus every day. And that's a challenge. <laughs> then 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? I think each of us should have somebody older and somebody younger that we learn from. People that we can imitate. We, we find people who are living out the kingdom values and principles. And we say, I want, to, I want to learn from them. I want to be like them. So if you don't have somebody older and somebody younger, then I would encourage you to look for these people and to be imitators. Because that's how we learn and that's how we grow. That's how disciples are made. Disciples make disciples that make disciples. Eschatology, excitement, love, imitation, and then freedom. We are exempt from, from the consequences of our sin because we are in Jesus. John eight thirty one. Jesus told the people who had faith in him, if you keep on obeying what I've said, you truly are my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then Galatians five thirteen, my friends, you were chosen to be free, but don't use your freedom as an excuse to do anything you want. Use it as an opportunity to serve each other with love. Yes, we're free. Christ makes us free. And we're told in Romans, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But we don't get to do what we want. Because we're also told that we are to love one another as we love ourselves. Eschatology, excitement, love, imitation, freedom, and then new hope. 2 Thessalonians 2.16, God our Father loves us. I'll just say that again. God our Father loves us. He is kind and has given us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope. 1 Peter 1.3, God is so good. God is so good. And by raising Jesus from death, he has given us new life and a hope that lives on. And sometimes we think that hope that lives on, that, that's for some time in the future because we believe that one day Jesus will come back and take us to be with him in his kingdom. But actually that hope has to be for now. It's a hope that, that says to us, I can overcome. I can overcome my addiction. I can overcome my fear. I can overcome whatever it is that has been put in front of me. I have hope because Christ has been raised from the dead. And because Christ is raised from the dead, I don't need to worry. I don't need to fear. I don't need to do those things. Now, that doesn't make it easy and it doesn't take them away. But it gives us something to hang on to in those moments when life is hard. And it's not just for then, it's for now. Hope in Jesus makes a difference today and every day. So we have eschatology, excitement, love, imitation, freedom. I hope you're getting all these first letters and making a word with them. Because right? there's another one, don't, don't worry. Worship is the last one. And I simply want to read this from uh, Revelation chapter 5. And, and John, we've been working through his gospel, here he, he is, he's in jail, and he has had this vision, and he has this vision of glory. He has the vision of the kingdom of God. He's standing before the throne, and the Father's there, and there's a scroll. 
and there's an angel saying, who can open this scroll? And there is nobody who is able to open the scroll. And John says he is standing weeping because he knows the significance of this scroll and what's inside it. And then it says in Revelation 5, verse 5, one of the elders said to me, don't weep. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And I looked and saw a lamb standing there before the 24 elders in front of the throne and the living creatures. And on the lamb were wounds that once had caused his death. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God sent out into every part of the world. He went and took the scroll. And he took it from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he'd taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God people from every tribe and language and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. All of heaven, all of creation worships Jesus. And so must we. A day is coming when all of creation, everybody who has ever lived and everybody who will live, will recognize one way or another the lordship of Jesus and the victory he has won. Looking at that, I'm hoping you're getting the words new life. Easter is about new life. We have New life because Jesus established his kingdom in these days. So we worship him in love, knowing that we are also loved by him and we desire to imitate him, to become like him through the freedom that he gives and we live with a sense of excitement to see what he's going to do in and through us in the days ahead. Jesus' offer was life in all its fullness. And today, you know, we, we have that opportunity to say, yes, Lord, I love you and, and I want to serve you. But if you don't know Jesus, then here's an opportunity for you to say to him, I believe this is not just a story. I believe this is real and I want to know you for myself. I want the new life that you offer. I want the living hope that you offer. And you can do that by asking him to forgive you and to take your life and help you to live it for him. For those of us who already know him, 
It's a day to celebrate, to rejoice and give thanks for all he's done, for all we have already, and for all we know that's still to come. Amen.